0: Good afternoon everyone. The Chief Minister is attending to all the duties this afternoon but I am joined by the Director of Public Health, Dr Henrietta Hewitt at the other podium. I'll begin with going over the latest Covid figures. To date we've undertaken 31,799 tests with 31,792 concluded. There are seven people awaiting results. The total number of active cases is 27 and our total number of cases to date is 462. In the past 24 hours, six people have tested positive for COVID-19, taking the total number of active cases, as I've said, to 27. And I'll now hand over to the Director of Public Health to say a little more on these new cases and how they link to existing uh, clusters.
1: Thank you, Minister. Uh, 25 of the 27 cases are linked to the one cluster we currently have on Ireland. The other two cases are returning travellers who've been picked up through the usual self isolation and testing arrangements. Uh, the cases that were identified yesterday, the six cases the Minister has mentioned, were either close household contacts of a known case associated with the cluster or were close non household contacts. Okay, thank you, Minister.
0: Uh, Thank you, Dr. Hewitt, for that detailed update. Our test and trace approach means that every case in this outbreak has a clear and identifiable chain of transmission, meaning our outbreak consists of a single cluster. This is comparable to the cluster people will remember in December. Last week, we issued a list of locations where there was a low risk that people who were at these venues at specific times could contract COVID-19. Java Express, a coffee shop and noodle bar was one of these venues as you'll be aware at the weekend someone who had been at java on that date and time we announced contacted 111 with covid symptoms they were immediately instructed to self-isolate along with other members of their household and offered a test that test came back positive late on sunday this meant that we needed to reassess this location's level of risk A decision was taken as a precaution to ask anyone who had been at Java at this time to self-isolate and contact 111 for advice and to arrange a test. This surveillance testing allows us to quickly determine if there is a broader issue within a premises that needs to be acted upon. As is so often the case in our island, word travelled quickly and when the 111 line opened at 8am on Monday, we saw a surge in calls. In total, 136 people who were at Java at the time and date of interest have contacted 111. All have been offered tests. 124 of those tests have come back negative, with a handful of results awaited. This shows encouraging signs that wider spread looks like it has been contained. I would like to commend the individual who came forward at the weekend for their vigilance. This is precisely why we publicise low-risk locations. I would also commend those customers and staff from Java who have contacted the 111 service since yesterday morning. As you have heard in so many of these briefings, our response to the threat posed by COVID-19 is about balancing risk. Low risk should not be mistaken for no risk. Our approach is about balancing the level of risk to the public and their health against other considerations such as the economic and social impact of how we respond to people who are in a low risk location. It is not always easy. It is a case of shades of gray as opposed to black and white. At the moment, our approach of focusing on testing, tracing and isolating has proven effective. 25 cases have been identified and contained, with as yet no unexplained community cases. We can take comfort in this, but we cannot let down our guard. We will continue to monitor the situation closely and adjust our response if necessary. Turning now to our vaccination programme. We have now administered more than 18,000 doses of COVID-19 vaccine. This is broken down to more than 13,000 first doses and more than 5,000 second doses. We have now given a first dose to almost one third of our most vulnerable people. As I said last week, we have been reviewing the emerging evidence around COVID-19 vaccinations. The latest evidence arising from the deployment of the Oxford AstraZeneca vaccine in the UK has confirmed that the interval between the two doses may be extended beyond the original specification of 28 days. And that the vaccine has an average 76% effectiveness against symptomatic coronavirus infection for three months after the first dose. It has also been shown that extending the time period for the second dose does not affect the efficacy of the first, which was an initial concern not that long ago. After extensive review of the evidence by senior clinicians in the Department of Health and Social Care, the strategy to extend the gap between the two doses of the Oxford vaccine is now being adopted here in the Isle of Man. The decision means more people will be vaccinated with one dose at an earlier stage than originally planned. Our team is now working hard to redraw our vaccination schedule. The new dose intervals for Oxford AstraZeneca will come into effect for all who have registered with 111 following their invitation letter and those who will be invited in the future. The change won't affect people who already have an appointment from 111 for their second dose of the Oxford vaccine, which will go ahead as planned. Modelling of the rollout in line with expected delivery schedules of the vaccine and the updated second dose timeframes will vary delivery of the first and second doses by a few weeks, but will not change the overall programme. Delivery of vaccines to the island remains the biggest variable in our mass vaccination programme. The dose interval for the Pfizer vaccine currently remains at 21 days, but this is subject to ongoing review in line with emerging evidence around that vaccine. Another component of our vaccination programme, which was announced last week, is the decision to make of vaccines available to those who crew the island's vital air and sea transport transport providers. This will protect crew members from serious illness should they pick up the virus, helping to safeguard our critical transport links. We have always said that our borders are our key defence against the virus. And this new chapter in our vaccination programme will also reduce, although it's important to emphasise, not eliminate, the risk of the virus being inadvertently imported to the island. We are arranging vaccination sessions for crew members of the Isleman Steam Packet Company this week, with the first session tomorrow. Crew members will wear PPE while attending for their jab, as will the vaccinators. The hub will be deep cleaned both after the session in the morning before the hub opens. Uh, opens the, and uh, sorry, the hub will be deep cleaned both after the session and in the morning before the hub opens the following day, and premises checked by the infection prevention and control team. Vaccinations will also be offered to crew at the Ramsey Bay Sea Carrier Mezuron as well as Ireland-based crew at flight operator Logan Air and IAS Medical, which provides the island's air ambulance service. These groups will be booked in for vaccinations over the next few weeks. My thanks to our vaccination team and our transport providers for making this possible and working together to protect these essential workers and reduce the risk to our community. Finally, before turning to questions from the media, I would like to talk about ongoing work on a framework for the Isle of Man to exit from COVID-19 restrictions at the border. Work on this has been ongoing for some time and we are now in the final stages of preparations. We are taking on board input from members of Timwood ahead of releasing the first draft later this month. This is the beginning of an important stage in our journey through this pandemic. And the Council of Ministers looks forward to sharing the plan in due course. This framework can only be a guide, given that there remains so many unknowns. But the path to take us to normality is clearer now than it has been since the pandemic started. And time will give more certainty on what measures can be loosened and when, whilst continuing to keep our community safe. And we will now turn to questions from the media... And first up I've got Alaman Newspapers and Helen McKenna. Good afternoon Helen.
2: Good afternoon. My first question is about uh, whether the government can go ahead and mix batches of the vaccine.
0: Right. At the moment, Helen, I'll bring the Director of Public Health in a moment, but um, at the moment, no. Um, the recommendation is still that you receive the second dose of the f- same vaccine as you received the first. Um, I know there's clinical trials ongoing in the UK and also in Europe in this regard, but none of those have yet reported. And the recommendation is still that if you received the Oxford AstraZeneca as your first dose, you should get that as your second. And equally, if you had the Pfizer as your first dose, you should receive the Pfizer as your second. But I don't know, Dr. Hewitt, have you got anything No,
1: you've covered that
2: very clearly, Minister. Nothing to add to that. Okay, thank you. My second question is about Coman, Council of Ministers, sorry, about um, the discussion about whether a lockdown, a sort of watered down lockdown would be implemented. Has uh, government considered alternatives to a full lockdown and what would that entail?
0: Yeah, so government has considered um, alternatives. In fact, if you go to our um, Stay Safe document, um, which is uh, been on the website for a long time um, now, we actually have different measures in there that we could take. So rather than just doing a full lockdown, we could reintroduce social distancing and masks. Um, There's everything in the mix. We we don't have to always go for a set circuit breaker. There's discussions around that. It literally depends upon the circumstances that we're faced with, Helen, to be perfectly frank. Um, We have to adapt to those when we did the circuit breaker it was because we were seeing random cases which were random at the time popping up in the community so we needed to take swift action if there's anything that we need to do that is lesser than that such as just to bring back social distancing then that can be a consideration thank you okay next up i've got josh stokes from itv
2: Good afternoon, Minister. Um, This was a question for the Chief Minister, but I will still ask it because it is important. This morning in the House of Keys, the steam packet company investigation was brought up and the Chief Minister said, clearly there has been a breakdown in rules and regulations in answer to a question which does suggest the Investigation may have already concluded that rules have been broken. So, firstly, can you just confirm whether there's now proof that rules have indeed been broken and what update can you give on these ongoing meetings?
0: Well, I think, first of all, if you actually um, listen to what the chief minister said in totality, what the chief minister was actually referring to is the fact that there's a feeling there must have been a fault somewhere in the protocols because otherwise the virus wouldn't potentially have got out in the way that it did. Investigations are still ongoing, and um, we're not going to jump to to any conclusions in relation to that. We're going to let the investigations run their course and nobody is going to rush to judgment ahead of that time. In terms of the ongoing conversations with the steam packet, um, we are having ongoing conversations, public health and also the TNS team, which is a traffic notification team in charge of the borders are speaking with them because we need to get a satisfactory solution to this. Um, I've said on numerous public occasions, You know, we can't isolate people permanently. You can't have people living in permanent self-isolation. So we need to come up with something that works for the steam packet and ensures the staff safety, but equally ensures the safety of this island because that's what we've got to remember. It's the wider community as well and i don't know if dr you has got anything she can update in terms of the meetings with steam packer
1: uh no thank you
2: and just just off the back of that then do we have any idea of an expectation of when the full publication of these findings may be made or is there any joint statement coming tomorrow or the next day or anything along those lines
0: we will take our time with this um, and we will make sure we get it right. The Chief Minister made clear in keys today that once we're ready to, to announce something, then we will. But this is something we're not going to rush. It's a major part of our public health response to the pandemic. Um, Dr Hewitt herself has said on many occasions we're only as safe as the last person over the border. So it is absolutely essential to our response. It's more important to get it right than to do it rushed.
2: My second question uh, regarding vaccinations of the steam packet crew. Is it right that you wish to have all crews vaccinated by the end of the week? And do you have a rough idea of how many vaccinations that will be? And will it include crews from the UK as well as max crews here?
0: So initially the vaccinations will be, um, will be 70 in terms that will be done. In terms of UK crews, what we've got to be very careful of is by expanding it out that we don't do something that would be detrimental to that crew. We need to ha- be certain around the medical history if it's appropriate for them to be vaccinated and that will all feed into the process, Josh
2: okay just to be clear is that is it planned to be done by the end of the week as well
0: so we will move as swiftly as we can there may be it may be move, some moving into next week but we will move as swiftly as we can okay thank you okay next up i've got leanne cook from 3fm good afternoon good afternoon
2: <laughs> my first question and um, i'm just wondering if contact tracing is still ongoing from previous cases therefore if we can expect more low risk or high risk locations to be identified in the upcoming days
1: I'll bring the Director of Public Health and he'll be much more attuned than me. The issue there will be whether anything emerges from the current batch of cases, but as they were all in self-isolation anyway, there shouldn't be. Okay,
2: and my second question is for yourself. Um, Wondering for an update with genomic results, just wondering if any have been received and if there's any indication of if they're the new variant of the virus.
1: We'll be expecting to see those coming through this week, and we certainly will not be surprised if they are the Kent variant because that's now the dominant strain across.
0: Okay, thank you. Okay, next I've got Manx Radio and Tim Glover. Good afternoon, Tim.
3: First to my, uh, Minister and Director of Public Health, uh, 5th of February we ran a story about the initial concerns with the steam packets uh, and the mixing between banks and UK crews. And uh, we've been drawn attention to the clip from Dr Henrietta Hewitt and I can, I've transcribed it. We can work with them on these. This is to do with the protocols and assessments. Uh, To try and reach a point that works for everybody, both in terms of the Isle of Man staff who might potentially otherwise have to be in permanent self-isolation when they are off duty, but also in terms of maintaining COVID security for the whole island. Uh, Last week, obviously, we were told the direction notice was very clear. So can you see why the public are very confused about this whole issue? And in fact, steam packet staff are pretty angry about this.
0: Well, the first thing I'd say, Tim, is from the quote you just um, gave there. Although I'll let the Director of Public Health speak for herself in a moment, um, the quote you gave there—it's quite clear that um, the Director of Public Health acknowledged the fact that if we didn't work with the steam packet, crews could be in permanent
1: self-isolation. Um, That—that's certainly what I've So just the, the, the you inference, it therefore,
3: out. was that they weren't, and it was known.
1: No, the inference from what I said was not that they weren't. The use of the word potentially refers to the fact that it depends on shift patterns. If somebody is off shift for 21 days or even more than 14 and has had negative tests, then they'd be out of self-isolation anyway. So a bit analogous to the issue we had with some of the patient transfer patients, depending on the cycles of travel, you could be in permanent self-isolation, but others might not be.
3: But just for clarification, we're told as well, and we've mentioned this before, it's one week on, one week off the ship patterns. So they would be in isolation.
1: There are many things we are learning about protocols and procedures on the uh, steam packet, which perhaps were not entirely clear before. Yeah I think the
0: important thing Tim is the matter is being investigated and I think it's important we let that investigation run its course. We can all stand here and speculate on what that investigation may find but I don't think that's very helpful. I think let's see what the investigation comes out with and the Chief Minister has already said once we have the results of that investigation then they will be shared.
3: Second question is as you mentioned in your speech Minister 25 cases so far from this index case including of course the index case and that is in uh, six days. One question we're being asked quite frequently is uh, how big does this cluster all linked to the index case have to get uh, before you take further action? And I know from looking at the uh, plan here uh, that you do the seven day rolling average. So maybe uh, if that could just be explained fully to the public, uh, because we're getting asked that a lot.
0: Yeah, again, I'll bring the Director of Public Health in, but my understanding is it's not to do with the size of the cluster, it's to do with the circumstances. So the rolling average is actually community cases, Tim, what would be referred to as community cases, so sporadic cases that we can't control. Um, which is in the Stay Safe document, which is the page I think you just you just sort of waved up to me there. Um, yeah, in relation in relation to um, so in relation to a cluster, it's not about the size, it's about the where those people are. So we will get cases of people in self isolation because contact tracing has done its job. They have found high risk contacts, they have told them to self isolate, and a few days later those people test positive that isn't as much of a concern for us because they are already in self isolation off the back of the previous case so what we are concerned about is if we start seeing cases where we don't have an identifiable link or that then links to multiple other venues where large amounts of people are then testing positive um, and it's not in a controlled way so it's all about the controls in place and whether those people have the risk of onward spread but i'll pass over to director yeah. of public health
1: yes i'm mean, just to, to really summarise, because that's a very full answer we've just had there. Um, it's about control and it's about lines of transmission. And every case in the current cluster of 25 has a clear relation to other cases and they all track back to the initial index case. So there is no concern at the moment about unexpected cases or unexplained cases coming up in the community um, that would make us uh, reconsider the, the approach.
4: Thank you.
0: And next up, I've got Alex Bell from BBC Alaman. Man. Good afternoon, Alex.
4: Good afternoon, Pastor Mai. Uh, yesterday, Boris Johnson announced uh, a plan, as we all know, towards almost total normality by June with the acknowledgement that eliminating COVID will not be possible in the UK, but rather a strategy of suppression to minimal levels where the country can effectively live with the virus. A couple with the fact that we found ourselves with a cluster of 25 cases, not in the community, albeit no restrictions currently being implemented. Are ministers starting to consider that within time, the island will have to end its own COVID elimination strategy?
0: Well, the chief minister has said many times at this podium, and so have I, you can't stay in permanent um, glorious isolation forever. As an island, we've got to be a functioning part of the world community. Um, so we can't have the borders closed forevermore. What's important, though, is, as we've laid out before, and what will drive those decisions, is firstly declining transmission rates in the UK of spread and also our own vaccination programme, what protection we have in place for the people of the Isle of Man. And as we move through that, as I just said at the end of my speech, we will have an exit strategy, which we will be a public-facing document, so people can see how we will go through those various se- stages to return to normality I think one of the things that's very important to caveat about what was announced with the UK yesterday um, is other than the very initial stage, which is the 8th of March, which the schools and colleges go and back, and the measures there, in relation to all the other dates, so stage 2, the 12th of April, stage 3, the 17th of May, and stage 4, the 21st of June, they are no earlier than dates So the UK is not set in stone saying those are the dates this is going to happen. The Prime Minister made it quite clear yesterday that actually those dates could change if there is other variants that appear or if there is other risks that appear. So it's not a guaranteed um that come the end of june the uk will be back to normal they hope to be they've shown the plan how they can be but it is important to emphasize those dates that they've laid out are possible dates they are the earliest dates they are not set in stone and i don't know if the director of public health wants to add anything
1: um only just to say that there are multiple variables that we will have to watch over time and that's going to be a long time it's not going to be sorted by june or by the autumn, there will be ongoing issues in terms of new variants and potential need for changes to vaccines um, that we will have to be keeping track of and adjusting um, policy accordingly as we go forward. But COVID is going to be with us for the long haul, not, not a, a short end in sight, I think.
0: Yeah, And as we've said before, Alex, once we've hit those sort of milestones, those review milestones, that's when we can actually look at what we do with different measures. Um, It's never going to be a case of moving from restrictions to complete release and normality. There's always going to be interim stages. And as I say, we've been working with Timwood members on the exit strategy. And hopefully when we can publish that in the not too distant future, the public will be able to see our thinking around that.
4: So am I right in reading there that the island should expect to have some sort of COVID restriction in place until at least the autumn?
0: Well, what I've got to say, is, it would depend. It would depend what happens. If we see a massive drop-off, as again we've said at this podium before, in the UK transmission rate and something goes a lot faster than we expect, then the measures can be reviewed. But equally, we have to do this in stages. There will be different measures released at different times, and that's an ongoing process.
4: Thank you. And just a question which I've been meaning to ask. For those who have returned to the island since the new testing policy came in, and received all three tests as offered. Do we know how many, if any, have received a negative day one test to then receive a positive on day seven or 13?
0: Um, I don't have that information. I don't know if the Director of Public Health... Yes, we
1: do have that information um, and I haven't got an opportunity to look it up right now, but we can certainly share it.
4: Thank you. That would be brilliant. Thanks.
0: next up, I've got Sam Turton from Jeff. Good afternoon, Sam.
4: Good afternoon,
5: Minister. I just wonder if we could start with the um, vaccination rollout. You're obviously moving to 10 weeks. At the minute we've got, well, as of the 21st of February and this is updated, there was 11,900 jabs in stock, of which just over 10,000 were allocated for second dose. Given what you've said about time uh, timeframes for delivery, how many of them will be moved over to first dosage? And how quickly can we see a ramp up in the number of people that are getting first jabs?
0: Well, what we have to remember is this only at the moment applies to the Oxford AstraZeneca. It doesn't apply to Pfizer. Um, And equally, we have said that those who are already booked with a second dose, we will honour that second dose when it is booked. So it's not going to have a massive impact on the stock levels that are there now. But then moving forward, the difference it makes in the vaccination programme is actually negligible. Over the period of the vaccination programme, it makes about a two weeks difference. So it's not, it doesn't create a sudden mass speeding up of the vaccination based on the delivery schedules. Um, it adds about, it it adds about two weeks. It saves about two weeks in terms of first dose.
5: Okay. And just secondly, in terms of uh, following on from Alex's question about in the UK, obviously they're aiming for the end of June, but that could slip. But then we also have a general election coming up in September here. Is this government feeling a pressure to open up the borders and still have The positive press that we've had in the last few weeks actually translate into both business for the island and growth for the island, or else we may risk missing the boat.
0: Well, actually, uh, actually, Sam, the, the, um, the actual, the actual the decisions are made around the social, the health and the economic aspects of the island. Election considerations don't come into it. Um, we hope that we will be able to move through an exit strategy, but things change all the time. Um, there is certainly no, you know, no election considerations in that in relation to that. Um, it is purely down to what is in the best health position of the island, because so we have to go back to remember what these measures are there for. They are to protect the populace of the island and protect our health service from being overwhelmed um, with sick people that was why these measures were brought in and that is still the primary aim
5: but just in terms of if the uk does open up at the end of june or even early july if they plan to it's not going to tie our hands to say we are essentially going to have to do that because realistically if we don't we are going to miss an opportunity here
0: Well, no, it depends what you class as an opportunity. If there is still a risk to the island that we are going to end up with a lot of seriously ill individuals should COVID be imported to the island and we are going to have our hospital overrun um, as a result, then we will not be moving because obviously that is the basis of the pandemic programme. But if, however, as as I said, when the exit strategy is drawn up, we will have clear, defined timelines as to how we believe we'll be able to move, depending upon the situation. But there is a lot of variables in there. But the key thing to drive is there's always been the three considerations, which is health, economic and social. That has always been our key three drivers, and that remains it. There isn't a fourth one around election.
5: Thank you, Minister.
0: OK, next I've got Simon Richardson from Business 365. Good afternoon, Simon.
5: Good afternoon, Minister.
3: How would you describe the relationship between government and the steam packet company at present? Clearly, there's been a lot of friction. Um, Is there now a coordinated response to what's obviously been a serious problem?
0: I, I think there is you know I think the relationship between the steam packet and government has been a very good working relationship. The government uh, Treasury ultimately is the shareholder of the steam packet company. Um, we do have lines of communication that we use to discuss with the company. Um, obviously this may have strained this a bit um, but we are working together to try and find a solution. And I think that is the best way forward. Uh, We need something that allows the steam packet to operate in a proper proper way, and we need a solution that also at the same time protects the wider community of the island. And that is what the public health team, um, the travel notification service team, and the steam packet themselves are working exceptionally hard to do. I want to emphasise again that I feel you know the steam packet has done an excellent job over the 12 months. They've been under a lot of pressure in terms of the pandemic. They've continued to bring goods into the island and be an essential lifeline for this island and uh, you know i think that overall they've done a very good job but we just need to find out what's gone wrong in this particular instance that is being investigated and then look into the future which for me is the most important part um, is actually looking at how we resolve the current issues so that we have a satisfactory solution that's satisfactory for the steam packet but also protects the long-term health of our wider island population
3: Thank you. And secondly, the current cluster emphasises the need, uh, obviously, to press on with the vaccination programme. Now, with that in mind, can you confirm if some doctor's surgeries on the island have declined to take part because their insurance indemnity isn't sufficient? And if so, how many surgeries have said they wouldn't be part of the programme?
0: Well, no. In terms of the GPs, Simon, I know there has been um, an issue around indemnity for GPs because it's slightly different um, to the way that it's working in the UK. But we are looking to deliver from hubs. That is the whole basis um, of this, because that is where we get the mass throughput. So the idea, while I said initially we would engage with primary care to see if things we could deliver, um, the emphasis has always been on having the two main hubs, which is the airport. Was Newlands is now Chester Street in. order that we can get the volume of people through en masse I think I've said before there's a huge administration process that sits behind this vaccination as well uh, because it's under emergency regulation and if we have to start duplicating processes all over the place then basically we will not actually speed up the vaccination program we'll actually slow it down and um, when we see pictures in the UK of church halls, et cetera, being used, we have to remember that in terms of the population context and the fact that in the UK, some of those church halls are serving populations that are over 50 percent of the island.
6: And are you happy it's moving quickly enough at the
0: moment? I am. We are moving in line with the vaccination supplies. We are receiving the vaccination supply we're entitled to, which is 0.13 percent of the UK stock. Um, and we are actually in the top 10 percent of countries in the world. For our vaccination delivery. Thank you. And then finally, last but not least, he always seems to be last on the press conference, as I do. Um, Paul Moulton from Alaman News, uh, sorry, Alamante Television. I nearly moved it to the newspapers there as well, Paul.
6: Don't ask for another conspiracy theory. We've got the denotice list thing already going out there. Uh, we've already met today, Mr um, Ashford, and I want to go back to Josh's question. Uh, you gave me much more there. I mean, maybe I pushed you hard, but. This situation with the steam packets and the exemption order, we did get you to say something on my interview this afternoon, which you haven't said here today. That in fact, technically, those steam packet people were breaking the law. Would you actually say that for us now?
0: Well, actually, what I said, Paul, if you go back to your interview tapes, I think you'll find, is that in relation to the direction notice, they weren't complying with the direction notice. I pointed oh. out it's a corporate direction notice on the steam packet company, and it's a duty of the company to ensure that their employees comply with any direction notices that is issued. That's what I said on your interview, and I think that's exactly me repeating it word for word.
6: Okay. But something's gone horribly wrong, which you need to correct, yes?
0: Well, as I said again in our interview we've done this afternoon, I don't want to repeat our entire full-length interview. No, but please watch we need it to, instead, yeah. We need to allow the investigations to take their course um, and find out what has gone wrong. Clearly, something has gone wrong somewhere. Um, as far as Aleman government was concerned, the steam packet were quite clear on what the obligations were. Um, but clearly, somewhere down the line, the steam packet claims they weren't. Um, and we now need to meet and resolve that so there needs to be an investigation on what has gone on in the past. But as I said to you, the other key point is that we work on what's going to happen in the future because that is the crucial part for me that we find a way to move forward to ensure that steam packet crews can continue to operate and the steam packet as a business can continue to operate while at the same time providing health protection for the wider community of the island. That for me is the crucial point. For me, investigations come secondary to that.
6: Is it a police investigation, though?
0: No, it is an an investigation um, within the steam packet. We've asked the steam packet to investigate what has happened.
6: The other question, uh, going back to Beth Espy this morning on Bank's Radio, uh, this thing about the noodle bar and how the staff had gone back to work you said you were going to come back later in the day unless i've missed it have you actually answered that question why the staff can go back but everyone was in the noodle bars being told to stay off and and isolate
0: yeah i'll bring the director of public health in in a minute um but the difference between people was there's people who were done as part of the surveillance testing now maybe it was the hour in the morning i was being asked this morning um but i didn't quite get the question at the time um but but i assume what was being asked was around the difference of some people who have to remain self-isolated which will be the high-risk contacts um who have been out who are isolated for the full period and those who who come forward as part of the surveillance testing who then get a negative result and can then go back around their lives but i'll bring the director of public health in in case i'm completely off piece
1: no that's correct obviously the noodle bar was identified as a low risk area um and as we always do with that people were reminded to be vigilant and come forward um if they developed symptoms somebody did and then we changed the guidance and asked for everybody who was there to come forward for surveillance testing and as you'll remember from the issues around christmas and the new year one of the keys to when you do surveillance testing is the time from when the case was there because if you do it you know 24 48 hours after the case was there you won't pick up positives even in people who will become positive so the timing lent itself to surveillance and that was done Um, the people who have come back negative from that including the staff can go back to being low risk contacts which means they can go about their lives but with vigilance for any symptoms and reporting of those should they emerge
6: So, with that uh, positive from the member of staff, wasn't it, or whatever, uh, does that not move it from low to medium risk or something? No,
1: no, it wasn't a member of staff. It was another customer. And on follow-up contact tracing, geographical proximity between the recent case and the original one was confirmed. So, that doesn't widen it out any further. In fact, it enables us to say we don't need to wind it out any further widen it
0: out any further well can I thank our media partners for those questions just before we go today I know that there's a lot of people out there who may be concerned about recent events I just want to reassure people that at the moment everything is fine whether the people do not need to take any additional measures at this time we ask people to remain vigilant and to monitor the situation, and if we do have anything further to report, as soon as we have the facts, we will communicate them to you. You may see people who feel more comfortable in public social distancing or wearing face masks. Please respect those individuals' decisions because we should be respectful to all in our community at this difficult time in a pandemic. So thank you all for your continued observance of the rules, and that's all for today, thank you.